It is Sunday, September 27th, 2020. This is U62 the Targ. Let's do this. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, we head back to West Edmonton Mall. We sample KFC's new chicken sandwich and the WandaVision trailer. It's episode 1022, Autumnal Arrival. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the targ. You're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. I tell you, I had a week of fun and adventure, or the best I could do in these pandemic times. With the economy starting to reopen, I decided to venture out to West Edmonton Mall. I love West Edmonton Mall, and I haven't been out there all year. The last time I planned to go was in January to spend some Christmas gift cards. But then we had our minus 40 cold snapped, which led to car troubles. And by the time my car was all fixed, the pandemic started and everything was closed. But with things reopening, I wanted to hit the mall and visit the Hallmark store. You see, this is the one time of year that I drop a lot of money on greeting cards. My brother, my sister, and my brother-in-law, they all have their birthdays within days of each other, in the last couple days in September and the first few days in October. So I always buy all their cards at the same time. And at the Hallmark store, they say, Are you a rewards member? Because if you are, it's buy three, get one free. To which I say, I am a rewards member, and I whip out my card. So when I go back to get my free one, I start going, Ooh, here's a cute Thanksgiving card I can send to my grandma. And here's some neat Halloween cards I can send to my friends. And when I get back to the cash register, the clerk says, Okay, now you're buying six, so you can get two free ones. And the cycle begins anew. So to all my real-life friends, keep an eye on your mailbox for Halloween or Thanksgiving cards over the next couple of weeks. And as I roamed the halls of West Edmonton Mall, I did a few laps around Professor Wem's Adventure Golf, the mini golf course. I said this on Facebook before and I'm going to say it again. I've been going to West Edmonton Mall all my life, and there are three attractions I've never done. I've never gone skating at the Ice Palace, I've never stayed at the Fantasyland Hotel, and I've never gone golfing at Professor Wem's mini golf. I don't skate, so I really don't care about the Ice Palace, Fantasyland is kind of pricey, so staying at the hotel is a pipe dream. But mini golf, that's a bucket list item for sure. So when this pandemic is over and the world is back to normalish, I want to grab some folks and go back to West Edmonton Mall and play some mini golf. And I also saw one thing that sickened me. And this, this is why I'm giving up on action figure collecting as a hobby. I also decided to stop in at Toys R Us. Again, much like West Edmonton Mall, I haven't been there all year. Now, they've released these sweet new G.I. Joe action figures called G.I. Joe Classified. It's all the classic figures that I grew up with, but they're twice as big and highly detailed. And I can't find them anywhere. Not online, not in the stores, nowhere. 
So I'm browsing the aisles in Toys R Us and I see this guy. His arms are overflowing with G.I. Joe classified figures. He must have at least a dozen. So I ask him, hey, where'd you find the G.I. Joes? And he says, they're over by the Transformers, but this was all they had. I head to that section of the store and sure enough, that guy had grabbed every G.I. Joe classified figure off the shelf. Not only did he take every figure, he had a buddy waiting there to grab any more that the clerks might bring out. And you just know they spent their afternoon selling them online for three times the price. See, I just can't compete with that. Living out in the country like I do, by the time I get into town and hit the stores, these hardcore collectors have snatched up everything and are reselling them online. You know we always hear about what the boomers have ruined or what millennials have ruined. Do you know what we Gen Xers have ruined? We ruin collecting. You can't buy comic books at the corner store anymore. No, we decided they were collectible, so now you have to go to a comic book store where they charge you three times the price. You can't buy hockey cards at the corner store anymore. No, we decided they were collectibles. Now you have to go to a sports collectible store where they charge you three times the price. And you can't buy toys in the toy stores anymore. You have to go to these dweebs online and buy them for three times the price. So you know what? I'm done. I am just done. I just can't play this game anymore. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Good afternoon, folks. Mark Kappas here with another installment of Mark Tastes Random Things. Of course, what we're talking about this time is we're going to be sampling KFC's famous chicken, Chicken Sandwich. As we all know, the Chicken Sandwich Wars have come to Canada. The first shot was fired by Popeye's Chicken. Last year in the USA, they released their brand new Chicken Sandwich. It was so good, it was causing riots at Popeye's across the USA as people were trying to get their hands on one. So, of course... They brought it to Canada. It's been in Canada for a couple of weeks now. I tried one last week, and as I said on my blog and as I said in my podcast, I was not too, too impressed with it. I mean, it's just a gigantic piece of Popeye's chicken on two pieces of bread. So if that's your thing, good for you. But of course, KFC has to get in on this and compete. And so that's where they've rolled out their KFC famous chicken chicken sandwich. So the first thing I'm noticing here, it is not quite as thick as um, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, which is what this is competing against. Not much on it for condiments, I see. We got a squirt of mayonnaise and some pickles, but inside there it looks like we got a nice big meaty chicken breast. So yeah, looks kind of like it has the extra tasty crispy coating on it, so I can hardly wait to take a bite of this and uh, check it out. So then, let's take a bite and tie into it, shall we? It's not bad. Maybe a little spicier than the Popeye's chicken sandwich. The pickles there give it a nice little extra flavor, a nice little tang to it. Let's go in for another bite. Mm. 
Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they've done anything to the chicken itself, but it does taste a little bit spicier than the normal KFC chicken sandwich. It's not as thick as the Popeye's chicken sandwich, which is good. I was almost uncomfortably thick for me. As I said in my podcast, it's like an Angus third pounder of chicken sandwiches. But all in all, this uh, KFC original chicken chicken sandwich, it's not too bad. So I'll probably have another one and another and another until my doctor tells me to stop because I put on too much weight. Anyway, that's my little review of the uh, KFC famous chicken chicken sandwich. Enjoy. Everything's better with Mark Chappis. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Chappis on U62, The Targ. And now it's time for the streaming report where I update you on what I've been binging these days. I'm still working on Cobra Kai and I am loving it. I'm three episodes into season two right now. My mind was blown at around the second last episode of season one. Suddenly, our new teenagers are placed in exactly the same situation that Daniel and Johnny were when they first fought in The Karate Kid. And that's when everything clicked. This show is a highly decompressed retelling of The Karate Kid, where we get to meet everyone and find out what their deal is. But I'm taking a break from Cobra Kai right now. I'm falling down a Stone Age rabbit hole. I busted out my DVD of The Flintstones, the complete series. And when I was in the city the other day, I grabbed the DVD The Flintstones, two movies and five specials. So I've been watching a lot of Flintstones. I'm tying into that two movies and five specials collection right now. The first thing I watched in that collection was The Man Called Flintstone. This was the theatrically released animated Flintstones movie from 1966. It was pretty much the final episode of the original series, as all the crew who worked on the TV show immediately went to work on the film as soon as the series was cancelled. Since it was the 1960s and spy films were a huge fad thanks to the success of James Bond, this film is an epic spy spoof. Fred is drafted by the Secret Service to replace a spy that looks exactly like him. Turns out this spy is irresistible to women, and an enemy spy will defect but only in a face-to-face meeting with our Fred look-alike. So along with this mission comes an all-expense-paid vacation to Yurok, so the Flintstones and the Rubble's head across the pond, with Fred occasionally sneaking off to do his spy missions. I mean, it's okay. I'm pretty sure they did some kind of James Bond spoof plot at least three times on the show. And like most animated films, it's a musical. The songs are very strange and kind of out of place. And being the 1960s, the animation does get a little psychedelic. But as a Flintstones fan, I'm glad I finally got to see it. Next up, I watched the TV movie that was the sole reason for me buying this collection. It had everybody's favorite cheesy cartoon crossover, The Jetsons Meet the Flintstones. Little Elroy Jetson is building a time machine. To the amazement of everyone, it works, and the Jetsons are transported back to the Stone Age, where they run into the Flintstones and the Rubbles on a camping trip. The time machine goes wonky, the Jetsons are trapped in the past, and so the Flintstones and the Rubbles work with the Jetsons to get them back to the future. Huge nostalgia with this one, as I remember watching it on TV when I was a kid. See, back in the late 1980s, Hanna-Barbera released a series of TV movies featuring their beloved characters. 
Flintstones Meet the Jetsons was the most famous one. Up here in Alberta, they were shown on CBC Edmonton. I think it's the only time I ever saw Saturday morning cartoons on CBC. And this was one that was really burned into my brain. I love crossovers. I love the Flintstones. I was really into the Jetsons at the time, so my 10-year-old mind was blown. But what really blew my mind was watching the Flintstones meet Rockula and Frankenstone. This is a Flintstones Halloween special from 1979. The Flintstones and the Rubbles win an all-expense-paid trip to Rocksylvania, where Count Rockula's castle has now been turned into a luxury resort. But Fred and Barney accidentally reawaken Rockula and Frankenstone. Rockula falls in love with Wilma, believing her to be his bride, and so our heroes have to escape Rockula and Frankenstone by sunrise. I love the Flintstones. But my scope of Flintstones knowledge is limited to the original series, which ran from 1960 to 1966. It is one of the TV shows I was literally raised on. Growing up in northern Alberta, it was on CFRN every day at noon. You'd go home from school for lunch, you'd watch Flintstones while eating mac and cheese or whatever else mom cooked for lunch that day, and then you'd go back to school for the afternoon. Now, my earliest conscious memory of the Flintstones is Wilma dressed as a mummy, opening up a sarcophagus, and showing Fred, Barney, and Betty that there's a secret passage inside. I've seen every episode of The Flintstones at least five times. I had never seen this episode. I had never seen this scene. I started thinking I was dreaming or something, until I watched The Flintstones meet Rockula and Frankenstone. Fred, Barney, and Betty are on the run from the monsters when a mummy comes out of a sarcophagus and attacks them. But she removes her mask to show the mummy is Wilma in disguise. And she shows them that, yes, there is a secret passage in the sarcophagus that they can use to escape. Shot for shot, it's the one Flintstone scene that's haunted my dreams. That special first aired in 1979, so did I watch it when I was two years old? I must have at least watched it when I was under five, and that would explain why my memory's so vague. I've been having a lot of fun revisiting the Flintstones. Many years ago, when I was fighting the flu, I said in a feverish state that it was the greatest TV series ever made. And I still stand by that. And that's the streaming report. Mark Kappas! Lord of the Overworld, Master of the Twelve Galaxies! Where do you pick that stuff up? I never see you read. Mark Yappas. It's like he channels dead crazy people. U62, the Tar. Think it's a cry for help? So I went to the city last weekend, I've been back to the movies a couple of times, and even though I ventured out to the movies a few times, Hollywood is still reluctant to completely reopen things. I guess Disney didn't make as much money as they thought they would with Mulan, as they've juggled around the Marvel release schedule yet again. Black Widow has been moved again. It's been moved from November 8th to May 7th. Eternals, which was originally slated for this November, but then got moved to February, has been moved again to November of 2021. And Shang-Chi, which was originally coming out next February, but got moved to make room for Eternals and got moved to next July, is staying in next July. So we're going to be getting Shang-Chi before the Eternals now. So it's no Marvel movies for 2020. And those much-hyped original shows for Disney Plus have been delayed too. As I mentioned last week, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to drop last month, but they had to stop filming because of the pandemic. They've only just begun filming again. 
However, it looks like WandaVision will still be making its December release date, so all hopes rest on WandaVision. And speaking of, we got a really sweet trailer last week. Am I dead? No. Why would you think that? Because you are. It is a very trippy trailer, and we still don't know that much about the show. First thing, why is Vision alive? You may remember he died in Infinity War, and they did not bring him back in Endgame. And why does the world now look like a cheesy sitcom? The popular fan theory has always been that Wanda's used her magic powers to try to resurrect Vision, and in doing so, somehow broke reality, or created a pocket dimension, or something. The trailer, however, does look great. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. And if it holds true to the schedule, it should be dropping on Disney Plus sometime in December. Well, I'm out of stuff to say, so I think I'll wrap it up here. As always, thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. And as always, find me at my official website, chaosinabox.com. I'm Mark Appas. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. It was a good ride while it lasted. Come on, kids. Let's go home. We are home. That was fast.